How's it going, everybody? Y'all good? Uh, thanks for being here after a uh, probably a chaotic or busy weekend uh, full of food and family. Hopefully, y'all had some good food. Hopefully, y'all had some good time with some people you haven't seen in a long time. I know I got to. I ate a lot. Uh, so if this message sucks, it's probably the turkey talking. Uh, I ate a lot of food this week. But on a real note, uh, I do feel like the Holy Spirit really wants to speak to each of you tonight. Um, I feel like I was just kind of prepping this week. Uh, I feel like there's kind of just like some things that he wants to say to you. Like he is ready to talk to each and every one of you, whether you believe like God's able to do that or not. Like he has something for each of you tonight. And so as we're going through everything, it may feel a little different than like a polished sermon. Like I may jump around a little bit, but I do feel like the Holy Spirit is asking you not to place a box on him in this sermon as far as it being a main point that is for you, like it's for everybody. But I feel like God really wants to speak to each of you through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Um, so yeah, I, I have a couple things that I know that I feel like I need to talk about tonight, but also we're gonna, we're gonna finish up the book of Acts. How many of y'all have enjoyed the book of Acts this semester? Okay, six, six people. Uh, <laughs> I've loved it. Uh, I've never gone through the book of Acts before, before this semester. And it's just cool to see how the Holy Spirit became uh, who we know him as. Like the Holy Spirit was always around, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit always existing. Yet we see the Holy Spirit come into play in this book um, through the starting of the church. So I've just, I've loved this, but I feel like the first thing that I want to do is pray, and so if y'all will, be praying with me as we get in the Word tonight. God, thank you so much for every person in this room, the people that you have created to be here in this moment. God, we're not here on mis uh, in a mistake. It's a purpose. God, you want us to learn more about you tonight. So God, I ask that you would kick me off the stage. Holy Spirit, let it be your words that they hear tonight. Uh, if there's anything that's of me, God, I pray that they would chew on the meat and spit out the bones. Um, I pray that we are receptive to your word. I pray that we have a good heart, heart posture tonight as we let a seed of your word fall in our hearts on good soil. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. Uh, so the first thing I felt like God wanted me to talk about, he hit me early this week as I was prepping because uh, I was trying to get my time with the turkey. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, which I'm not going to say turkey a lot. That's probably a trigger word for a lot of y'all. Um, so I just call it like the bird meat or something because y'all had a lot of it. But the first thing that I feel like I was talking to God as I was praying was he just wanted me to remember his word. And he, and it was even like a reassurance over here as we were worshiping, as we were like, we were telling God that he was holy. Uh, we were recognizing his holiness. And I feel like this week he has brought me back to the holy Bible, the word of God, which is cool because it's like, when he breathes, it's his word, like his word becomes real, which is just crazy to think about that like the word is truth and it's his breath that he has breathed and now we get to have it and it's alive. Scripture says in Hebrew 4.12, it says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the word is alive and active and so I feel like I personally, this could just be me, I need to do a better job of letting it breathe, like letting it live a life that's well, like a well-lived life. I know I could be better at that. I don't know if that resonates with anybody else in here. So turn to your neighbor and say, you finna get cut. 
You're going to get cut. Now I'll turn to your second favorite and say that you're about to get read like a book. You're about to get read like a book. Uh, so last week, while y'all were in service, uh, I was actually with Matt Crafton in the back. And we were carving um, the you-know-what, the bird meat. Uh, we were in the kitchen carving. But I know y'all were, uh, y'all were talking about missions. Free jumped around in a couple of different chapters, and he also just discussed some mission opportunities that us as a church have, whether that be international or local. We have all these uh, missions opportunities, but I was thinking about the daily mission that we have as a Christian, the daily mission we have as a Christ follower. Uh, and I, I looked at Luke 9, 23, and it says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's Jesus talking to his 12, but that's also Jesus' word for us, is we have to lay down our life daily and pick up his cross daily. So the daily mission. God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, but not just die, resurrect, so that we could have eternal life if we believe that in him. But he didn't stop there. God was not finished there after the death and resurrection. How many of y'all know that? That's very basic. But I think it's cool that after all of that, which just that alone gives God the worthiness of all the praise that we have, that alone. But he doesn't stop there because the actions of the Father are continuous because of his love for us. And because of that, God gave us a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. He gave us his word, what I just talked about, and he gave us a mission. And the reason why he gave us those things is so that until we meet God face to face in heaven, it's so that we are filled with purpose and so that we are not alone ever. I just feel like those are two great promises for us. So like he's given us these things so we're never alone and that we're filled with a purpose. And so before we read Acts chapter 28, I just want to discuss an area that helps us understand the two practical points that I want to take from that chapter. And so first, we have to talk about point number one, which is the Holy Spirit establishes your influence. Number one, the Holy Spirit establishes your influence. It ain't you. You ain't that great. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so to paraphrase chapter 27, the chapter that comes before the one we're reading tonight, if I suck at paraphrasing, I'm sorry. I'll just go read it later. I'll do my best. But Paul's trying to share the gospel, and he's on this ship, but he's a, he's a prisoner. And so how many of y'all know prisoners don't really have that much influence in life? You know, they're like the low. Like, nobody's, like, really trying to get a bunch of knowledge and a bunch of direction from a prisoner. This is my take. Uh, but somehow God still gives Paul, the prisoner, influence with everybody on the ship. So they're about to go into the storm and prophetically, God basically prophetically means God gives him a word to share of what's going to happen. So Paul shares with everybody on the ship, hey, I think we're about to go into this storm. Maybe we should go a different way. Well, they don't listen. They take the ship that way, get in the storm, shipwrecked, and then Paul gets a Holy Spirit filled, I told you so, out of it. And after that moment, Paul rises to the top. Instantly, like, out of nowhere from being a prisoner, he's at the top, given direction. Everybody's looking at him for the next step. Uh, Paul is basically saying, whenever he says jump, everybody's like, how high? I'm trying to figure this out, like, because I know your God has the answers. So a side note is that God doesn't really give you, he doesn't give you control over other people for you to have control. What he does is he uses you 
in order to give himself opportunities to share the gospel and the truth to other people and for that to be revealed to others. So God's never going to give you control over others. He's just going to give you opportunities to be a vessel. And I just think that it's cool to think about the ministry moments that Paul probably had because that that prophetical word that God gave him. Because they were on the ship for like a long time, not to mention they were on an island for three months. So think about all the in-between conversations that Paul got to have for the glory of God because of that word that God gave him. And I just think that that could apply to our lives as well. Whenever we move out of the way, like if God gives us something for somebody else, like let's use it to glorify his name. Let's not use it to glorify ourselves. And so after the shipwreck, they're on this island for three months. Paul's putting these logs down on the fire and then a snake comes out. Snake comes out and bites him on the hand. And instantly all the native people on the island are like, This dude murdered people, Uh, he killed people for real, and that's why he's getting what he deserved. They believed in what's called karma, so if you do bad things, bad things are gonna happen to you. And I know in that moment, if I were Paul, and a snake just bit me on the hand, one, I hate snakes, but also, I know if people were looking at me like, this dude is not it, he's a lame-o, I'd have been like, okay, I'm out, Uh, whatever, I'm just gonna suffer the fate of me dying. But instead, Paul's like, nah, snake, get off me. You're too small, get in the weight room. Like, you ain't got a chance with me. And he just keeps going. That's chapter 27. Um, And now we're gonna get into chapter 28. That's just a paraphrase, so you're caught up. We're going to Rome with Paul. So if y'all will, chapter 28, verses 11 through 31, let's get into it. This is a chunk, but I feel like it's gonna be great. Here we go. After three months, we set sail on a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria, with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days, and from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. With some intense studying, I figured out that Regium is actually uh, the toe of Italy. That's where that's at, back in the word. And after one day, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Puteoli. Everybody say, Puteoli. One of those, too. There, were found brothers and were, there we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. So we came to Rome, and the brothers there, when, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage, And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Paul was on house arrest. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the custom of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and to speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. And for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God 
and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they had departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. If you're still awake and you are ready for point number two, say, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Point number two, share the truth respond in truth, and be confident in the truth. I don't know if y'all are like me, but whenever I tell somebody that I truly believe something and they have a hesitancy about it, or if they don't believe me, I'll go one of two ways with nowhere in between. I either start arguing with them and I'm like, nah, I'm right, and then I get super prideful and then we just argue it out until both of us are mad at each other. Or I start to think about all of life and I'm like, is anything real? Like. Everything I believed is a lie, and I, I just go either of two ways. I don't know if you relate with me, but Paul did not do either. So this is what Paul did. He didn't even begin to argue or to prove himself, and not for one second did he back away from the truth that he believed. In fact, he responded with confidence and even more boldness with what he believed. And not, it wasn't like to prove anything about himself or the way he felt. It was all about trying to solely find soil that he could throw a seed on. That's what it was about for him. It wasn't about like validating his feelings or what he thinks is, is right in his own opinion or arguing in order to be right and be victorious over somebody else whenever they came to him with something that they believed was different. He simply wanted to throw seed on soil so that another person could be saved and God could be glorified. Verse 23 and 24 says, From morning till evening he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And there's no doubt in my mind that I think Paul saw the disbelief on some of their faces. But I think he saw the belief in others. You can see belief in other people's faces. Like when they first get the gospel, if you've ever had that conversation with somebody and the light clicks, like you see the belief on somebody but you've also had the hard conversations and it might've been yourself that you can reflect on or you're currently feeling like you feel the unbelief and you can sense that on other people. But this is what Paul was saying. But even though he saw the disagreements in the crowd and he saw people walking away from it, he responded with truth. Like, the, like point number two says, like we respond in truth no matter what people take from the truth that we've shared. He responded in truth by saying, oh, the Holy Spirit was right about what the Father said. He goes back to the word of God. Oh, the Holy Spirit was right about the, what the Father had said. And when our belief in Jesus gets questioned, what do we do? How do we respond? And what's our foundation like? Like, do we have a weak foundation of what we believe Father says, like about us, about what we believe, about the word of God? Like, do we have a weak foundation about it or do we have a strong foundation? And I don't want you to feel like 
tonight that I'm like coming at you because like I'm not, I'm stuck in this area too. Like I know I could always have a stronger foundation, but I'm just asking us to, to think about this. Like how do we respond to people whenever they challenge our faith? Some people will ask some good questions and it challenges our faith. So we have to build the foundation stronger and go to the truth in order to respond. And then we get to be confident in it because we have that strong foundation. So point number three is the church is established, but the workers are few. The church is established and the workers are few. So we see Paul gets there and dude gets put in house arrest. But whenever he gets there, who did he find? Like who were the first people that saw him? Anybody? Brothers. Let's go. It was other fellow believers in Christ. Those are the first people he saw. So what he could have done is been like, ah, there's already church people here. Like the church has got its thing going. I got to do my time. Like I'm going to stay in the house and not do anything and wait till I get my, my time over with and then I'll be out to be able to do whatever I need to do. Like, no, this is what, this is what Paul did. He actually welcomed people into his house, the people who had disagreements with him, the people who didn't have hope in Jesus, the people who didn't understand uh, what they were trying to believe. Like he welcomed those people in, even the people who wanted to grow in their relationship with God and what they believed, he welcomed them in as well. And so I don't know if y'all realize this or can relate, but I feel like oftentimes I have taken the backseat. And this is where I kind of want to go into like the next thing that I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us tonight is like, I don't know if we have fully understood that God wants us to be in the driver's seat. Like he doesn't want us to be sitting back anymore. I think it's easy for our age to get busy. I'm putting y'all with, I'm putting myself with y'all. So I'm not that old, I'm only 23. Uh, so I feel like our age, we can sometimes go on autopilot. I'm speaking for myself, but I'm hoping that somebody else relates with this because I feel like the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak tonight. He wants us in the game. I've said this before. Like, God is wanting our age group to be, to be the people who are pushing forward the kingdom, proclaiming the kingdom, but also teaching others about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he wants from us. I mean, you might be like in Arkansas Hall. You might be at Centerstone. You might be in a duplex. You might be at like, a small 900 square foot apartment, but like we can still welcome people in. We don't have to let the church do the church and I sit on autopilot. And I feel like oftentimes I, especially towards the end of the semester, we go on the autopilot mode. Like we go in this situation where it's like, oh, I'll just get through this semester and then I'll start out great. Especially like at the new year, it's, I have all these goals. I have all this vision for 2023, but it's like, what about right now? Like what about November and December? How are we, how are we gonna go about pushing forward the kingdom of God? Do we have goals for now? Do we have the daily mission for now? I know that I can come in here, especially because I work here and I see a lot of people in this room, like you're heavily, you're heavily evolved, involved, uh, that's hard to say, heavily, heavily involved. Um, I see a lot of you who serve. I see a lot of you who have been here every service this semester. I see a lot of mature believers in this room but I know how easy it is to get to the end of the semester and be stuck spiritually, to be complacent spiritually, to be okay with showing up and not getting anything out of it because it's easy. And I know for myself, like, I can, I can be a little, I don't even know what the word is, but like, I'm not, re I, I'm not 
thinking about the holiness of God when I enter into his presence. I'm thinking about it as a task. I'm thinking about it as something that's, that I can easily get through in order to get to the next task for life. And so I'm asking us as adults, as believers, as people who God wants to use to proclaim the kingdom and to teach others about Jesus, guys, can we get in the driver's seat and can we be a part of what God wants to do like Paul was doing? He didn't let his physical restrictions in his home stop him from being welcoming, from being somebody who wants to push forward the kingdom. And I think that we can do myself, especially a better job of this. And so I was reading, I was reading out of this prayer book this week, because that's just, you know, how holy I am. Uh, I was reading this book that a friend had given me, and it was a section that was titled uh, Marks of Mission, which is basically just like what I've been saying, the daily mission of a Christ follower. And I I just want to read this because I was convicted by it, and I felt like Man, if this, was, if this was a test, if this is something that God was giving me an exam on, I would bomb it. But thankfully, God does not do that. He is offering grace for everybody in this area and all these areas that I'm about to read. But I felt like it was still hard for me to understand it because I knew that I wasn't doing great at it. And I felt like it was something that should be of much importance in my life, but it wasn't. And I feel like God said, I have grace for this, but I do want to challenge you to make it a priority. And so I'm asking us, how can we make the daily mission as a Christ follower more of a priority in our lives? So I'm going to read this from the book. And it says, the daily mission is this, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to teach, baptize, and nurture new believers, to respond to human need by loving service, and to seek to transform unjust structures of society to challenge violence of every kind and to pursue peace and reconciliation, to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. I wanna keep this up here for a little bit. We're gonna go into worship in a second, but it was easy for me to just like to read that and be like, okay, I gotta get all this right. Like I gotta get this thing done. I'm about to do a complete 180, wake up tomorrow morning and your boy's gonna nurture new believers. Like I'm gonna be the best person at sustaining the the life of the earth like tomorrow. But guys, I don't want us to think about that. I just want us to think about how can we talk to God about the different areas that we're doing and can we be intentional with each of them? Like, can we have a conversation as they go into worship in just a couple minutes? Like, can we think about each of these areas? Um, Can we think about how we're doing? Can we talk to God about it? Can we respond to God about these things in new ways? So if y'all will, bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to spend some time thinking about these things. It's going to stay up here for the next few minutes. And if there's something that sticks out to you, I want y'all to feel like you can write it down. Uh, make Make a note of it. Challenge yourself to grow in talking to God about that area. But I'm going to pray for us. God, once again, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit, for the way that you convict us in areas in such a loving way, and it's filled with grace, but it's also some truth that we need to hear. And I pray that as young adults, we can grasp early in life, God, that you want to use us to proclaim the kingdom. You want to use us to teach others about you, Jesus, about what you've done for us and what you're willing to continue to do. 
God, thank you for everybody in this room and the stories that they have. God, I pray that as we're thinking over these next couple minutes, we're just thinking about how we've done in these areas. We're just talking to you about maybe some times where we've missed the mark, but also times that we've done great and we've experienced you in a new way and we've got to know you in a new way because of our willingness to do these things daily. God, be with us as we're processing these things. God, show us new desires in our hearts in these areas. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.